0: Well, I'm very happy this morning to be sitting next to Sophie Courtier. I believe it's actually pronounced Sophie Courtier. Yes. And Sophie, as far as I know, I've had a brief chat with before, and I do know Sophie because we've met several times over various events, but I've asked Sophie today whether she would be kind enough to tell me a little bit more about her work with Willow specifically, because most of us who drive fairly regularly going towards wells will notice sophie's house as you pull out of rodney stoke on the left there are all these beautiful beautiful animal sculptures made out of willow so for a while i've been wanting to to talk to to you about your work sophie welcome to draycott diaries thank you very much diggy thank you for giving us your time So if we may, let's set off, first of all, a little bit about your family history that we, because when you first came in, I'd said to you, can I make sure I pronounce your surname appropriately? (laughs) And then I asked you, was it French, etc. So give us a little bit of insight into your
1: family history, which is not without its, um, let's say, foibles. (laughs) Yes, well, courtier is the name I've kept. It was my ex-husband's name. And People often say, how do I pronounce courtier? Is it French? It looks French, but actually it's an ancient spelling mistake and it was probably courtier and derived from the courts.
0: I refer to you as a willow artist. Is that correct? Is that
1: how you name your profession? Possibly willow artist or willow sculptor. As from the artist's point of view, I never went into the art room when I was at school. I'd chosen to do, I went to a girls' school and chosen to do modern maths and German and kind of lumped into the non-artistic section of the school. So did table mats and uh, calligraphy, not never picked up a paintbrush. Or So I, this side of my life was completely undiscovered until I started to work with Willow. So what prompted that introduction to working with Willow? When I moved to Rodney Stoke, I brought with me a hurdle fence because we lived right on the edge, right on the road, and people were knocking at the door saying, "Oh, where did you get your?" There was hazel hurdles. Where did you... hazel? So, what was the hazel second word? Hurdles. Oh, the hurdles. Sort of okay. fence, fencing. All hurdles. right. Okay. okay. Yeah. Where did you get them? And I had got them in, from near Shaftesbury, where they grow a lot of hazel. And when I had my third child, I realised I was. This is quite a long story to I'm afraid. <laughs> I realised I was. Couldn't be at home again for another little section of time, and possibly needed to do something from home. And I thought, well, people are knocking on the door. There's a market there. How hard could it be? Hazel hurdles. So I went and cut some. I had a little baby Lucy. Um, that she was little and wrapped up in blankets. And I used to take her into the take her into the woods, and park her safely under a tree, and go off cutting hazel. Until she woke up and then come back and pick her up and off we'd go home with quite hard work. But she's a gardener now. She must have woken up looking at, looking up into the trees, I think, as a baby. That's such a lovely
0: image. <laughs> yes, yes. Of a, you know, of a child nestled under the, yes, the warmth and cover of a tree yes. while you, while you cut down the hazel. Yes. yes. Well, what a great way to start your career! Yes, and these hurdles just too because I know you can have living willow and living mm-hmm. hurdle. Were these living hurdle walls, or no, were there, these, these were? were?
1: Yeah, no, these were made with hazel, and it is okay, quite a quite difficult. Luckily, I had a few friends who I could ring and say, "Look, I'm getting stuck on the twisting or the or the splitting or whatever," and they'd give me handy hints. And my first order went to the Bishop of Salisbury, because I knew his gardener who had said, this is your first order, you must, which was a very good motivation, you had to do it. And then, so I, I did make hurdles for a while. It's not a way to make a lot of money, I can tell you. But I had a friend in Rodney Stoke, Ewan, who was an artist. And one day he said, in my artist magazine, there's a weekend workshop building a big sculpture on the banks of the River Parrot for artists why do not you go on it? And said, well, I'm not an artist, and why don't you? And so we both held hands and went together (laughs) and discovered willow. And it's one of those materials, if you go on a workshop or you start to handle it, some people, it, it just grabs them and you want to work with it. And is that what happened to you? Yeah. And then I thought, well, you know, I could make willow hurdles after having worked with the Willow, making this big thing that we burnt on, you know, that was sort of ceremonial thing. And so I started combining Willow and Hazel and then very slowly started uh, working on little sculptural things. Not, I had no technique or anything like that. One day I was visiting a, an, a little exhibition at Fine Court and I looked at some, there was some Willow and Hazel furniture. The people manning the stall weren't there. And... Um, there was a, an old guy on the next stall carving birds out of wood, uh, Colin. And I said to him, oh, I'm really quite interested in this furniture, but you know, they're not there. He said, I'll take your name and um, number and pass it on when they come back. And then a couple of weeks later, I'd never heard from the furniture makers. Colin rang and said, how would you, how would you like to make um, a sculpture during a live hedge laying competition on the black down hills so I said well my first reaction was absolutely no <laughs> hell." yes a bit bigger than I had in Out of my comfort yes <laughs> very much so yeah. and then luckily within that phone call a bit of me went what have I got to lose <gasps> nobody knows me from Adam if it all goes pear shaped <laughs> I just this <laughs> is the perfect time to do it <laughs> yes it is although and I, I was so nervous honestly oh. um, and he said we, you know, there are a lot of farmers. The Backdown Hills is a very rural area. Lovely, lovely area. There are a lot of farmers there and old hedge layers and things like that. Would you like to make a bull? Well, personally, I wasn't in the mood for making a bull. I said, no, but I will make a horse leaping over a fence. Sorry, I just have to go back there. <laughs> What's the difference about being in the mood to make a bull or not want to make a bull, but you are in the mood to make a horse? I think because my husband, we just separated... Right. I think a bit that's, masculine. <laughs> I
0: see. So there was a little bit of anti frankly, anti male things. Yeah, well, okay.
1: That moment there, yes. Fine. So back to the horse. Yes. So I thought, well, I know hurdles, so I can make a hurdle and I know that's a skill I I can have. And I really know horses inside out. So that's what I did. I went down one day with with the boys and little Lucy and Made the hurdle before the competition with some hazel and some beech and then, on the next day during the competition, made the horse leaping over looking looking at a photograph, looking back technically not brilliant, but the feeling that was been in me because I hadn't ridden for i don't know thirty years or something like that was you could get on this horse and gallop off the, oh, just the feeling. And have a photo of our friend's daughter sitting on top of us, looking like she's going to go across the field. So that, that really was the sort of launch. Now, you mentioned family there, Sophie, and one thing,
0: gosh, I don't know how many years ago you'll fill in the gaps in there, but I remember driving past a plot on mm-hmm. the left-hand side, which is now your very beautiful home. I call it an eco-home, but yes, sure it, yes, it is an yes. eco-home. And on this plot then, there was nothing but a little tent and i believe you lived there on your own you were a single parent with your children who were very really quite young then went through one of the severest winters we've had and then went on to build
1: yourself your own eco home is that right that's, that's more or less right we the house is built on what was the site of a little tin garage we had a bit of land that sort of stretched up Up a narrow strip of land that stretched up the hill and when I sold the house that we lived in we moved into actually quite a large maintenance army maintenance tent (laughs) at the top of the garden and the boys both had their own separate tents because they were just about of an age where they wouldn't dream of sharing with
0: mum. What ages were they
1: then? Tom was just about doing his GCSEs and, and Fee was two years younger. And Lucy was four years younger than that, so she was about 10. She loved it. She did, she really did well. Um, Felix probably never camped again in his life. (laughs) And Tom. Is very very interested and has been on a course building earthships, which are like cob mud built houses. In or he went to South America, so two out of three. Yeah. <laughs> it's not bad, <laughs> especially the, yeah. when you went through temperatures to, to oh, say minus ten. Minus ten. I never knew that we had to. We drank bottled water because we didn't have a water supply up there. And at minus ten, what is a liquid water in a bottle? Once you release the lid and pour it out for teeth cleaning before school, it froze in the glass. So you learn something new.
0: Well, we need to return to Willow because I'm fascinated by it and by your work. One thing that's always crossed my mind when I've been out walking with the dogs is particularly on Draycott Moor and around Rondy Stoke. That, that, that I look at Willow all the time because Somerset Levels is synonymous with Willow. Is it all one willow? Do you make make these sculptures out of all one willow? Are there different
1: types? There are hundreds of different types. Hundreds of hundreds, different types. Um, various colours, various workability, as they'd say. There's probably about half a dozen that get grown in a large quantity for basket or sculpture or fencing work. The willow that you'll see on the moor here is is not really workable. I think you'll probably find it's crack willow or goat willow. The sticks, Pollarded Willow, the sticks might have been used for the uprights in fencing, the hurdle fencing that I was talking about. Because it's more rigid, isn't it? That's right. So it's not as flexible. Um, The willow that I'd use for sculpture or the workshops would be, I mean, there's a variety called Salix triandra black moor, which is one of the most commonly grown varieties, what an old basket maker would call kind to use, there's quite a few others. There's Dicky Meadows, which is very nice willow to use. There's Flanders Red, there's um, Dark Dicks, Green Dicks, and quite a lot of others that I probably can't remember. These
0: are amazing names.
1: <laughs> yeah. Are they old Somerset names? Yeah, they they are,
0: yeah. So tell us a little bit more. I'd love to go back um in history a little bit. What is what is this connection particularly with Somerset levels and the
1: history of willow? I have to- be aware that I don't slip into my patter that I use for a workshop, but Try some, not to. <laughs> I'll try not to. Just to do something more original for Drake or Diaries. I'll try Because we'll know. <laughs> yes, okay. So yes, some people will know. <laughs> uh, Somerset does actually grow some of the best willow in, in the world. So it's really an important part of our heritage. And we export it, and I work I do a lot of work and buy from the Musgrove family, based at Western Zoyland, near Bridgewater. We export it all over the world and probably about six weeks ago I had a woman called Bonnie came from New York State to see some of the work I've done and she gets all her willow from Weston's Island, gets sent over to New York State, it goes everywhere. Occasionally at the end of the season, sort of October, November time, they might run quite low on willow and have to import and we nearly always know whether it's Somerset Willow or not. There's just a little something about the way it grows in the peat, which sits on top of clay, the temperature, um, marvellous rainfall. (laughs) All of those things uh, must add up to making it really a very good place to grow willow. So it's now grown commercially
0: Mm. for, I mean, I imagine a lot lot more things than just scum. That's fascinating. So just. We're talking about something that is still being done now, yes. but in generations gone by, well, well before you and I were, mm. were born, whereas families were, were harvesting the willow yeah. and going through the
1: process, and indeed the whole family was involved in this. Yeah, there were lots of small willow growers, and sadly, I don't think, I mean, families, they don't particularly want to carry on. It's hard work. They you know, don't want to go on, and the small ones seem to have died out, and it seems to be more four or five quite large willow growers now. Okay. It's the way of the world.
0: And, and Sophie, we, uh, we need to touch, I think, on environmental issues because they're so key at the moment, especially with this ghastly, horrible business we're having with, with plastics. Is willow, what is willow's place in, in it now? Because I'm assuming, maybe wrongly, that it might come back more in demand, more in fashion, because it is a sustainable and bio-friendly alternative to to the stuff that we have now, which is too easy to use. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it is absolutely a renewable resource. It's what would be called a coppice product. So every year it would be cut to the ground and grow again. So it's a material that is... Totally sustainable. Totally sustainable. A a withy bed would last probably about 25 to 30 years before you want to replant. Yes, I mean, if I suppose days gone by, most villages would have had a basket maker who would make make baskets for you. Um, Making a very simple basket is not that hard. And uh, I think, yeah, you're right. There is room for people to get a little bit creative and... Make a basket. Are you seeing any signs of that? Are you seeing people? There's a big interest in people actually making, working on um, making sculptures. That's mainly what I do. There's quite a difference between the sculpture side of it and the basket making side of it. Basket making is can be quite precise, and I'm not so precise. <laughs> Your sculptures look pretty precise to me. <laughs> yeah, a little bit probably freer than uh, a basket maker would make it. So, you yeah, know, there is definitely a big interest. One of the things I didn't mention about the, the Willow, Willow Yard, the Musgrove family, their, the main expansion is Willow Coffins. Oh, of course. Really big expanding section of the
0: business. Of course. Mm. Yeah, that's you. Well, say, so sadly, we see too many of them. But but in but in in a, a in a referential
1: and a beneficial way, mm. and uh, that that is a rather lovely thing. Isn't it is. It, it is. Um, they have started to dye <laughs> dye willow. I was a little bit um, yes reserved about that. Mm, <laughs> yeah. I think they use uh, natural, no, non sure. relatively natural food dyes and things. So if. Auntie Flo really loved pink. You could have a pink flat around the willet. And I've seen rainbow coloured coffins coming out and oh. things like that. And uh, a few weeks ago, I was running a workshop at the Musgroves, and there were two sisters making mum's coffin. And the children, children were there too, and uh, running around and enjoying it. And they were actually making, you can actually go on a course or whatever and make your own. What for you is your bestseller? Well, I suppose that my bread and butter, really, is the, the workshops. Although, I have to say, if I can get a, a big horse made or something like that, that's probably what I really like. How
0: long would it take to make a full-size horse in Willow? Oh, it depends on my mood. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's just go with the thought that you're a happy mood. Yes, and keen. Yes, and keen and <laughs> but, had your coffee. And, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably
1: mm, probably about a week, something oh, like that. Oh, is that all? Something? I thought you'd the work looks so yeah if I'm if, it's funny I mean if you talk to any other, other artists I've got a friend who, who paints and he says sometimes he can and he's he's very good um, sometimes he can sit at his easel or stand at his easel and the picture just comes out of his hands and sometimes he can set the whole thing up in exactly the same way and it takes months <laughs> Or you even have to put it aside. And it's the same, the same with the sculpture. Sometimes it just comes out and it's almost like I'm hardly controlling it. Everything is in the right place. Oh, I have to ask a quick question. My friend
0: who did your course last year just wants to know very briefly. She made, I don't know what she's made, but she said she loves it. It's in the front room. I think it's an animal. (laughs) She says, how does she continue to preserve
1: it? Okay. Well, if it's inside, it's going to last very well. Just need dusting now and then. <laughs> yeah, I sure should have done dusting <laughs> no, <I'm not> <laughs> But just covering all my bases yeah, if it's outside, outside. Yeah. It isn't going to last forever, but the, one of the w- ways that I tend to make it last a little bit longer, Willow, is you could spray it with a mix of 50-50 boiled linseed oil and terps or terps substitute. And what that does, it doesn't seal it. It doesn't really like to be sealed. If it is sealed with a varnish, it will break down quickly inside that seal. What it does is actually just sort of turn the water a bit more. So it just sheds water a bit, a bit better and will last a bit longer. I'd say you probably, you know, if something's outside seven or eight years. Wow. So that's not too bad. And then come and make another one. I was gonna say you know, that, that's great, but you think, Oh, that
0: that that sculpture's looking a bit tired. I think I'll just pop along to Sophie's yeah. and make myself a horse. Yes. <laughs> a big one <laughs> Yeah Which is what I'd like to do yeah. So I want to come on one of your, hors- your horses <laughs> I want to come on one of your courses yep. um, And I know many of our listeners Of which we have many now And internationally Sophie mm-hmm. Including two We're not quite where they're from But we think they're listening from the space station They'd be welcome Well they'd be welcome <laughs> And actually a little bit of willow work up in the space station Oh yes That's uh, yeah. frankly. You know, it must get pretty boring, boring up there after a while. So how can we do it?
1: How do we how can we come on one of your courses? Okay, well I I have been talking to Julia Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, of the saddlery. Of the saddlery. And yeah. it's possible that we might run one <gasps> there in the summer. So I will have to organise that and I'm not a very good organiser, I have to say, so You're an
0: artist, sweetie. Mm. You don't have
1: to <laughs> I'm the organiser, you're the artist. <laughs> okay if you generally wanted to come on a willow workshop the Musgrove family have a very good website and they've got all the courses and you could do anything and and some what of them would work... that be musgrove.com or... yeah yeah, the musgrove willows mm, ok and they have very high web presence so oh, okay. easy to find you could make ba- I don't do the baskets as I said but you know you can make baskets or fencing we did talk about fencing did? we did didn't we Living Willow sculptures, you could learn anything. And some of those will be me, but they have other tutors as well. Okay, well, then we'll hold out for one at Julia's. Well, in I'll the summer for Well mm. that would be
0: lovely It would be nice wouldn't it So for, for listeners of Dracot Diaries they, they will be absolutely able to come on one of your willow courses in the village Yeah, That would be nice wouldn't it That would be great And how would they find out about that <laughs> I, You'll get, well, you, Why don't you keep in touch with me Yes I could
1: And I'll try to keep our listeners But you think it might be in the summer Well I think it I mean Julia's invited us to use an open fronted shed and outside area So Warmer would be better than... I think so. (laughs) Certainly suit me better. Me too. (laughs) I mean, do you have a website yourself? I do. I'm hopeless at updating it. But you could put it in Sophie Courtier and you can see some of the bits I've done. I did want to talk... We talked about Living Willow and could anybody make a Living Willow wall? And, yes, it's very easy, and I can always tell people how to do that.
0: Because that's how you and I first met, mm. actually, because I, I, it was my last house. Um, actually, it wasn't, it wasn't just a willow. Well, I also wanted a, a living garden seat.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, I can teach that. I can, yeah, definitely. I have got, a, in Whirl, there is one of my favourite, I mean, there's a few favourite pieces, but the, this is a living willow Woman, and she's she must be probably about 12 meters long. She's right by the roadside at the moment. She's looking good because she gets uh, cut back every year, so she's come back to the right shape. And sort of end of the summer, she's looking a bit like a hedge, really. <laughs> she's lying on her side, so she's got uh, she's on her working title is Woman on the Rocks. She's on some of those big rocks they put to stop people driving on the grass. So she's sort of covering some of that. Yeah. And, you know, it's head and shoulder and hip and legs. One year, well, it was a couple of years ago, I went to do the maintenance work. I like, go every year and bring her right Give back her a to trim. Show. Yeah, give her a trim. And I arrived. And what I really like is the sort of head and neck and shoulder, the shape and that sort of... I, there's just a peaceful, calm feeling about this shape. And I arrive and there, there is... This might be a bit sad... There is this cat curled up dead um right in the in the sort of nape of just next to the nape of her neck, not run over he' clearly chosen i mean I'm who knows more things on heaven and earth. he clearly chosen that very peaceful little spot to curl up the light side of it is just time it was just time for him. The light side is that I rang the council to say that I'm not quite sure what to do with this cat. And then somebody, a woman passes and sees the cat. And I said, well, look, I don't, you know, work around it for the moment. And she comes back with a pet carrier and says, I'm going to take it to the vet. So I had to say, I, I think it's a little bit late for that. <laughs> but I think this is a dead cat. <laughs> I think this is a dead cat. No more. <laughs> this is a cat no more. <laughs> no, she did, She came back to me afterwards and, and she said, no, it's for the, for the chip, of course. <laughs> Of I hadn't course. thought of that. Yeah. And she came back and said no, they they did have the the chip registered so the owner was told oh, about it what a wonderful way to go Carl! well I thought it was lovely he? I mean yeah. it was sad you know but it wasn't damaged he, ha- he just he just decided and that's where he wanted yes. to die yeah. that's really flattering for me that an animal would do that in this, this
0: chat I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm tears now. but just on the animal front um, do I mean which which for me must be a, a, a glorious thought
1: do animals nest birds nesters? oh yes I was making once a um, figure of a woman on the pat- patio outside the back door and had blue tits going into her head, going, <sighs> "Oh, this is a really good... <laughs> no, no, it's going... It won't be staying there. <laughs> no, they do. In fact, a, a willow sculpture is... In springtime, it looks like a pile of nesting material. So if it's not well made... <laughs> They're going to have it. They're going to have it. Yeah.
0: Oh, how funny! <laughs> so they're going in and out of their heads. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I suppose you would get a bit worried when you notice they're taking sofas and <laughs> televisions. No, that's this is not again. going to be your permanent residence. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's not many jobs that actually, or things you can make where
1: you know the living world comes into your no, life. No, 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 no. It's so lovely. I mean, putting them out and you know, I mean, I I do like to see sculpture in the environment, but putting them out in the willow sculpture, particularly. Even though it, it is probably going to decay, mostly they really don't look out of place. Mostly, they they, I think they they look nice. Well, oh, I think they look more than nice.
0: <laughs> thank Sophie, you. thank you so much for talking to us today. You're very welcome. Uh, and joining us as one of our um, uh, now growing amount of contributors on Draycott Diaries. And may we wish you a very successful year. And hopefully some of us, if not the majority of the village, will join you for your willow course at Julia Garrett's in the summer. That would be lovely. I'd love to see everybody. Thank you, Tiggy. You've just been listening to Draycott Diaries, recorded by me, Tiggy Trothowan. The programme was edited by Jeff Farney and the music was arranged by Hugh Trothowan. We are now available on all podcast platforms So please keep listening.